Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Vivian. And this is Burger of the Week. Each week, we discuss an episode of the Fox animated series Bob's Burgers, and we create a themed burger based on that episode. This week, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 10, Burger Wars. This episode was written by Lauren Bouchard, the creator of the show. This is his third writing credit after Human Flesh and Crawl Space, the first two episodes of the season. The director is Buwan Lim. This is his second directorial credit. He did Bed and Breakfast before. Oh. Yeah, we like that episode. Yep. And this episode aired April 10th, 2011. The store next door was Rocky Refuge, Raccoon Sanctuary. <laughs> do, you, do you get this joke? Because I do not get this joke. Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh. Rocky is okay. a raccoon. That's it? I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Wait. Is Rocky a raccoon? He's a raccoon. I squirrel. thought he was a squirrel. Yeah, you're right. He's a squirrel. Okay, so I totally don't get this joke. Unless, is it like a Rocky, like, punch, punch, kick, kick? Rocky kind of joke? Animal sanctuary? Like Rocky Balboa? What would he be doing with animals? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get this joke at all. All right, listeners, this one flew over our heads. Yeah, completely over our heads. Uh, the exterminator van was, again, rats all folks. And we had two burgers of the day, but kind of an honorary one as well. So we'll, we'll say three. We had Hit Me With Your Best Shallot Burger... The Sound and the Curry Burger, and the Meat Saya. Mm-hmm. The best one's definitely the Meat Saya, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We also have the premiere of the official Bob's Burgers typeface. Yes, we do. We've graduated from Comic Sansy similar font at the oh, beginning, God. and now we're on to the good old Bob's. Yeah, it's that's nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, it's... It's nice yeah. to know they were working on something better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. It's a little milestone, but it's a milestone nonetheless. I like their font. It's great. It's cute. Yeah. So I'm glad they have it. All right, so let's dive in. Bob's landlord, Mr. Fishouter, has been understanding about the consistent delay in rent, but payment time has come. Bob must pay the rent on time and in full in order to renew his lease. After getting wind of Bob's financial trouble... Jimmy Pesto faces off against his rival by introducing burgers to his own menu. Dun, dun, dun! And there's our conflict. Yeah. Boom. Right then and there. Okay. It's a Bob and Jimmy Pesto rivalry episode. Love it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. It is pretty great. Um, I had a random thought when I started watching this episode. Do you think that Bob and Linda have owned the restaurant since before the kids were born? That's a really good question. Because that would mean that they have been, like, owners of this restaurant working there for at least 13 years. Mm -hmm. So they would be, presumably, tenants of Mr. Fishoder for that amount of time. Unless, of course, he showed up late to the game and started, like, owning everything in town. But we can assume So I know there is... Some backstory episodes in season five, I believe, of Big Bob, Bob's dad. Right. And they're falling out. Okay. Yeah, they have a falling out and Bob goes to work in his own restaurant, but I don't remember the time frame. So we will figure it out 
later on in the show, but I don't recall whether he had kids at that point. Yeah, yeah, I could generously say, like, five or six years, maybe, but, like, 13 just seems like it's pushing it. Maybe we should look that up. And after doing some fairly extensive research... Super extensive. <laughs> there's we were, like, not... hacking into the mainframe. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's not really a definitive answer of how long Bob has run his restaurant. Mm-hmm. So we can assume it's... It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're definitely established. Sure. So. Now, another thing this episode seems to do that I didn't quite get is it seemed to introduce Mr. Fish Outer, despite us already having met him. He warns, Bob warns the kids not to stare at him. He may be eccentric. He may wear a cape and have an eye patch. And then it has these little cuts to Mr. Fish Outer riding on his golf cart or his um his bumper car cart (laughs) and it seemed like an introduction to me it does feel like an introduction but i think part of that could be because we only saw a little bit of him in a previous previous episode Mm -hmm. um i believe it was uh sheesh cab bob and Did the kids meet him in that no, episode? No, they okay. didn't. I believe it was just Bob and Mr. Fishoder out the on war. the pier. Yeah. And it was like foggy and Mr. Fishoder had a cape, which yes. he doesn't, he doesn't have, have a cape in this, episode. this episode. Still got the white suit and the eye patch and everything. He's going to continue having that look, but they seem to get rid of the cape for some reason. I like so. the cape. They should have kept the cape. Mm-hmm. It would have <laughs> made him even weirder. Yeah, even more like an evil supervillain. Yeah, so I think it's sort of just like a reintroduction, a reminder to the audience, like, this is the landlord. Yeah. And pointing out all of these things, too, that, hey, he's weird, and I get why my kids stare at him, but please don't do it because I'm trying to get him to like me (laughs) and be sympathetic to us. So. There was a nice little moment where Mr. Fishoder is talking to Bob about some sort of sushi restaurant or something that he he goes to and he puts his hand in his pocket and you can see him like moving his his hands around like drumming his fingers mm-hmm. even in his pocket little details yeah it was like a kind of like a nervous tick or something because he's trying to tell bob like i don't want to eat your food in case it sucks <laughs> and i don't really want to be here talking to you i just want my rent yeah just could give you, me the you money just give me the money and then i'll go <laughs> yeah So is this one of the first big introductions of Bob's financial problems? Um, Because I know hmm. in Sheesh Cat Bob, he takes the part-time job to afford Tina's party. But I feel like this is one of the first times that we kind of get the idea that Bob never pays his rent on time. Yeah, that they're really not very successful. No. Because in Sheesh Cat Bob, it's... They're spending money on something that's not, it's not a necessity, right? Like Tina doesn't actually need to have a big birthday party, but they want to do it for her because they care about her and they, they want to make her happy. And this is just, yeah, this is basic stuff. Like this is paying your rent so that you can continue to have the restaurant that is your livelihood, right? right? Yeah. I think this is the first time we see how How, deep it goes. Yeah. How dire the situation really is. Yeah. It wasn't just one bad month around Tina's birthday, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this it also explains why their restaurant is frequently empty. <laughs> because they're yep. not doing very well. Yeah, it's the uh, the lunch lull. <laughs> <laughs> but Jimmy Pesto's lunch lull is so busy. <laughs> um, do you think that Bob's business would improve if he added more to his menu? Because I noticed he has, well, he has burgers and cheeseburgers and fries and a side salad. But that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Like, he really does do basically just burgers yeah he's a burger giant yeah he that's his expertise i guess but do you think if he added uh like appetizers um that he might do a little bit better i think the business would suffer i think he may get more customers but i think the food quality would decrease he would start focusing more on this other food then and he would start to lose interest because his passion is these creative burgers and he just loves to make the burgers that's all he really cares about i'm sure he only serves fries just because it's a staple when you get burgers gotta have fries right and if he started serving other things like spaghetti garlic bread well like jalapeno poppers right okay you he, know, something like I'm that. I'm sure he, or if like, he threw in some deep fried you know, items, he could just toss them in the grill. Not in the grill. The, the deep fryer. The deep fryer. Yeah. And, you know, quick things like that. Sure. It may pique some interest. But people go there for the burgers. Right. I guess so. I'm thinking like he could have, you know, some creative salads or something. Like I feel like bro- Bob's creativity can expand beyond burgers. Mm-hmm. But he really isn't at that point He yet. doesn't seem to show no. an interest no, in anything you're else. you're right. But I think maybe there's a possibility to expand. Absolutely. Mm. Broaden his creative horizons. Yeah. Come on, Bob. Believe in yourself. Find you something else like that he loves. You can make, like, fancy salads or something. <laughs> I don't know. Gourmet French fries with, like, truffle oil and parmesan or something fancy. Okay. He could do mm, okay. it. Okay. He could make it happen. Potatoes from him. like different countries. Oh my god. Different flavored taters. <laughs> different flaters. Oh my god, no. No, no. no. Let's reel it back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Stick to your burgers, Bob. <laughs> well, cause Jimmy Pesto's like it has a bar. Um, he has events like live music and sports nights, and he has a menu with a lot more variety. Like, obviously he has his pasta dishes, but he's also adding burgers to his menu, and we can see... He's got and, his like, pizza. Yeah, he's he's got kind of that, like, typical uh, run-of-the-mill Italian-like flair yeah. to it. And then he's got some decent decor. I mean, it's nothing to rave about but no. it's a little bit more it's kind of corny and cheesy but it's it's fine. better decorated than bob's yeah bob's isn't really decorated he's no. got a few pictures flying burgers yeah i think like this episode to me really feels like a big chain versus a little like mom and pop shop mm-hmm. you know because it feels like something akin to boston pizza or Eastside mario's Versus, like, your little, you know, local burger joint. Sure. 
Like here in Kingston, most of our local burger joint places are like kind of still fancy. Yeah. Um, whereas Bob's is sort of just like a hole in the wall. It is. Yeah. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. And, and I think every city has one. And as soon as a big chain opens up across the street from it, it's going to suffer. Yeah. So maybe if Bob relocated. Oh, no. I like their building. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to move. Yeah. And maybe plus, if, Jimmy Pesto would yeah. just follow him. Oh, crap. He totally would, too. He would. He'd be like, wherever you go, I will follow. I will be there watching. Oh, my God. That sounded really close to, like, the Gilmore Girls theme song, <laughs> which is, like, the wrong kind of vibe. <laughs> Where you lead, I will follow anywhere <laughs> that you tell me to. Okay, you guys understand why I'm doing a podcast and not recording my own music. Um, all right, so I guess we can move on from there. Um, the Belchers brainstorm ideas to make rent and decide to hand out flyers for half off. Jimmy Pesto uses the flyers against them, stealing their customers. Louise attempts voodoo to help Tina attract Jimmy Jr.'s attention, help Jean get his first gig, and help her parents keep the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So this is when we find out that Andy and Ollie are Jimmy Pesto's kids. Thanks to that really helpful arrow pointing to them in the cla- in the, the lunchroom. Yeah, that's kind of a weird little it's point. Very we don't weird. tend to do that. No, they never really do that. No, sometimes I'll have a little subtitle that says, like, the next day or 12 hours later or something, but we never have something where it's just, hey, Blatant. This is them. This, this them. Guys, we just said their names and we're showing you them, but in case you didn't get that, this is them. <laughs> yeah, they're really pushing it. Yeah, and they really pushed how weird they were. Because in the first episode that we see them art crawl, we know they're a little weird, but in this episode, they're trying to get each other's pink eye and like touching eyeballs and switching underwear, switching underwear and dressed in weird shaman voodoo ritual stuff. Yeah, they've got like paint all over them. Yep. Yeah. So they're weird. They're super weird. They're really they're emphasizing. Kids, they are. As Jimmy Pesto would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what did you think of Louise's interest in voodoo? It felt like something that Louise would tackle. Okay. She likes to try anything to get what she wants. <laughs> Good point. So why not try voodoo? Yeah. A kid's idea of voodoo is a little doll and poking pins in it. Great. Yeah. She's got a little bit better grasp of it. A little bit. She takes the hair clippings. True. So it was kind of fun to see her dabble. Okay. I thought it was... I thought it was okay, I guess, because she is, like you said, she's nine years old. Like, she's not sophisticated enough to understand that voodoo is not simply, you know, cursing people and sticking pins into little voodoo dolls. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not going to know that there was anything else to it. Right. And so Louise is getting, like, the tourist crap about voodoo, right? yeah. And she's not going to look into it any further, so it didn't bother me or seem like too insensitive because it wasn't like she was trying to really explore that religion and not getting it it's like no she's just picked up some crappy book probably at like the i don't know some sort of library or something that just says like 10 ways to curse your enemies or something like that and Mm -hmm. then just runs with it so 
I didn't mind it. Like, there are other portrayals of voodoo in media. Like, for example, um, The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. And it did receive criticism because there was a character there who was supposed to be, like, a witch doctor. And he was... Yeah. Not portrayed very accurately and not very positively either. Um, but I feel like this is a very, very different case. Mm-hmm. Although I couldn't really speak to anybody like getting a little bit peeved about this, you know, like if this was something close to them and they're like, really? Like we're still doing this. Like, yeah. This is frustrating. Then I would understand. But for the most part, it works in the episode. It's kind of silly and it's not treated as though Louise understands what she's doing anyway. Right. Yeah. Jimmy Pesto is a scumbag. Yeah. He's a total scumbag. Putting up an advertising set, an advertisement saying that he'll accept Bob's coupons is like the lowest of low. It's like the worst thing that you could do. Oh, it's he's completely such a scummy poaching. business practice. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. Well, the thing is, he knows that Bob has a family to support. And he's that's got his how own. They he's got his own family to support. Sure. But We've his never business really... is doing fine. Yes. Absolutely. He's not struggling at he's all. He's only doing it because he doesn't of his dislike for Bob. Yeah. Which, why does he dislike Bob? Like, I could see why Bob would dislike Jimmy Pesto because he's more successful. It's because they're rivals. Just because they both own restaurants across the street. Well, then again, other. okay, so Bob Bob probably met him, like, years ago and was like, this guy's successful, but his food sucks. Probably being Bob... My food's great. ...said it to Jimmy Pesto, and then Jimmy Pesto hated him because he was like, Whoa, you think you're so fancy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm doing better than you, so who's winning overall? Okay, yeah, I get it. Which is also emphasized in this episode when we see the cutaway to Jimmy Pesto trying his own burger and realizing it's terrible. Yeah. Which I found a kind of a strange moment in the episode. Yeah, he didn't like it. It didn't seem necessary. I guess it it was, like I said, it, it emphasized the fact that his burger was terrible. And then he's selling shoddy food. And then he knows it. And he knows it. And doesn't care. Yeah. I think that's what that moment was mostly about, is that we're trying to show that Jimmy Pesto understands he doesn't serve great food. He knows that Bob's food is better. Yeah. But he doesn't care because he wants to win anyway. Yeah, you're right. So it's like, it's not about the food for him. It's about everything else. He's a businessman. But he seems upset that the burger doesn't taste good. Well, he probably wants it to taste good. Yeah. You know, just so he can shove it in his face like, haha, my burger's just as good as your burger. Yeah. And And I just started making burgers. Yeah. And they're already better than yours. Yeah, exactly. I've been making burgers for five seconds and it's already better (laughs) than yours. Yeah. You jerk. Yeah. Um, I noticed that Jimmy Jr. works in the restaurant. Yeah. Just like Tina. They really are very, like, star-crossed lovers in this episode. Mm-hmm. Except that Jimmy Jr. sucks. He's, again, he's, like, back to being, like, awful. <laughs> yes, he is. He's such a preteen boy here. Like, he forgets Tina's name. What What even is that? Like, he thinks it's Tracy? That's just dumb. No. This he... is the first time we see his interaction with his dad. Yeah. Okay. And mm, how he's yeah, kind yeah. of... Not appreciated, not understood. Mm-hmm. And the first time that we see how much he loves dance. 
This is the very first time his dancing passion has been brought up. Oh, yeah. His slow dancing passion. His slow dancing is like with himself. Yeah, which is like a little too sensual. It's super sensual. Right up Tina's alley. A good point. You know what? Good point. He's like touching himself all over and she's just wishing it was her hand. She's crawling on the table and then, oh, yeah. That's she's a little, so desperate. She's a little thirsty. <laughs> to use some slang that the kids are saying these days. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she's a little desperate. Yeah. But, but yeah, I... we learn about Jimmy's passion for dance and how his dad just doesn't understand. Yeah. We also learn that his dad calls him Pepper. Yeah, what's with that? <laughs> Which is so cute. Super weird. That's I had so to double weird. check. Like, I had to go back and hear that again. I'm like, and I actually looked at the script for the episode to make sure I didn't mishear it. It's Pepper. Yeah, he's like, hey, Pepper, no. <laughs> I was and, like, what is this? And I don't this? think he's ever called that again. <laughs> I don't think so either, That's but I really weird. love it in a weird way. And I yeah. want to call you Pepper all the time now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think that ever comes up, but it was kind of endearing. Cause, mm-hmm. like, get an idea that, you know, they have a relationship. It's not yeah. like he doesn't know his son. He just obviously thinks he's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And how about Gene's sudden rat tail? Okay, where did that even, like... <laughs> we know he doesn't have we one. We know he doesn't have one, but cartoon. But cartoon, right. But okay. cartoon. Um... It's very silly, and I'm not sure if you noticed, but... It was braided. No, not only was it braided, it talks. I missed that. It talks. Okay, if you pull up these subtitles for that part, I had to look this up anyway, but if you pull up the subtitles for that part, it's like super, super quick. Just as Gene's about to cut it, his... Braided rat tail says something along the lines of, hey, we can talk about this. Not kidding. Seriously. <laughs> it, it's weird. And like, it flashes by so quickly. And then all of a sudden you see Louise's, um, her, her science teacher, right? Yeah. Explaining the potato battery. But it's, it's there. There's like a little high pitched squeaky voice. Oh my God. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Okay. So we know Louise talks to her objects we know bob does mm-hmm. now gene does too no the rat tail is talking to gene okay <laughs> same same difference same difference but you know what i'm i'm gonna just imagine that it's gene's mind that's saying that he's mm-hmm. like thinking to himself oh man i don't want to cut it off but i guess i have to <laughs> and i love that tina just like hacks off her her bangs her bangs and then of course they're fine yeah of course because cartoon because cartoon but uh yeah very cute very very cute um another moment we kind of uh we kind of just passed over linda talking about (laughs) jimmy jr and that he's so handsome i know exactly where you're going with this and she says i want you to cremate me and throw my ashes in tom Selleck's face (laughs) So good. Love H. John Benjamin's laugh there. It's It's so so, unscripted. Oh my god, it's so genuine. It's It's so genuine. Oh, so good. So good. It's another it's to me, it seems like another great moment of improv in the show. Yeah. That um that John Roberts just threw out there and H. John Benjamin was just caught off guard and was like, what? Mm -hmm. That's such a random thing to say. Yep. 
and so perfectly in character for Linda. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. She's got a thing for guys with mustaches. It explains why she's with Bob. Well, it really does. Why she started to be with Bob. And, and then they just she... found like mutual weirdness and fell in love. And why she but... hates it so much when he shaves it. He looks weird. He does look weird. I get it, Linda. I totally get it. She does. Yeah. She does. Jason looks very young without his goatee. And so I mourn deeply whenever he shaves it off. Yeah, because apparently hair never grows back. No, but it just takes time, (laughs) Jason. That's all I'm saying. It takes time and I have to grieve in that time before the first hairs begin to grow again. And for me, it actually takes a long time, so... Yeah, and it looks so pretty on you. (laughs) So moving on, it seems like another episode where Bob kind of ignores Gene and his passions, his desires, his musical prowess. I think Bob's got a lot on his mind in this episode, so I kind of forgive him for a That's my other thought, is that nobody else in his family seems to understand the direness of the situation. Yeah, like, no this kidding. is their not only it's the restaurant, this is their apartment, this is their home. And I get the kids not really understanding what that means mm-hmm. and probably thinking, oh, mom and dad will figure it out. But Linda, yeah, like I would be panicking right now. I would absolutely be Bob in this moment mm-hmm. where I would be trying to figure out any possible way to make rent because I would be p- terrified that. We wouldn't get our lease renewed, right? Right. And she doesn't seem to care. She's like barely putting in any effort. I mean, they brainstorm, but they kind of don't really... She doesn't really do a great job with that. No, and then she just ditches out on the restaurant as soon as she sees Gene over at yeah. Jimmy Pesto's Oh, doing my kids are performing. Gig. Let's abandon everything about saving the restaurant and go watch them. Like, I get that she cares about her kids, but, you know, caring about your kids also kind of includes... You know, providing for them. Yeah, it's kind of important. Linda. Priorities, woman. Linda. This is my disappointed thing. Just like shaking my head, Linda. <laughs> Bob and Jimmy Pesto face off. But in the end, Bob wins when Mr. Fishoder tastes the meat saya and decides to renew their lease. The meat saya. Okay. This burger probably would not even be possible, I have to say, because how in the world would you have beef tartare, which is supposed to be rare, Mm -hmm. inside of a burger, medium well, inside of a burger wellington, which like, is that like two burgers or is it just like the outside part of the burger wellington, like the breaded part? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't know how it would be done besides, other than possibly cooking the surrounding meat in two parts and then kind of squishing it over top of the beef tartare when it's done cooking to but create it's kind of to be like inside. Right. So Almost maybe like a jelly donut. Maybe he could like seal the edges with a little ketchup. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, but I don't know. Bob is the chef. He's the master. Yeah. He could figure it out. This burger shouldn't be possible, but that's kind of the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the meat side. It's not it's the really to supposed to be possible, but somehow it is, and it tastes amazing. I guess. Yeah, Bob's so. only done it once before mm-hmm. successfully. Yes. Oh, I love Linda's little like commentator voice. 
during that moment where she's like, ooh, he's got to be happy with that one. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Just perfect. That's really good. Yeah. Even though Linda frustrates me because she's not helping, mm-hmm. she's still got really great moments in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely. nice to see Bob's creative juices flowing over this burger. Like, he's really focused on it. He's working hard. You see him do the flips. It's, it's a great moment of him, like, stressing over the grill. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. working. Oh, yeah. And when he turns around, he's got, like, major crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. and I have, like, a complete love for any crazy face on Bob. Mad just, scientist Bob. I he's love wor- He's at work. Genius at work, right? Yeah. So, here, I think, is probably the first time that we see that even when the Belchers win, they still lose. I mean, yeah, their rent, or their lease has been renewed, but it's now month to month, and their rent has increased. So, yay. Uh, oh. Yay, but also not yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt a little bit bad for them, although I do understand. I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do if you're a if you're a landlord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another very cute little moment or a couple cute moments right at the end when they're starting to have the dance party. Um, Mort and Teddy look at each other. And they nod when Mr. Fishoder asks Bob, do you cry easily? And then Bob's <laughs> yeah. like, um, sometimes. Which I thought was a nice moment because it goes to show that they, they know Bob. Yeah. You know, they've obviously got a relationship with him. They've known, seen him. They've known him long enough to know that he can cry easily. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of sweet. And then there's the little moment at the dance party where Jimmy Pesto leaves Andy and Ollie behind. Like, I get why he leaves Jimmy Jr. because Jimmy Jr. is being annoying. But, like, he doesn't even try to take his two youngest. He's just like, ugh, whatever. Because they're such a disaster. And he doesn't care that much about them. No. And then Teddy's asking Mort if he looks sexy while he's dancing, which is kind of cute. A little weird. Mort's got his mom with him. And then Tina's dancing is horrendously awkward in this episode. And I do not like the animation for it because it just, she looks so weird. She's very fluid. It's, it's very, it creeps me almost right like out. jelly. Yeah, Tina's dancing is super awkward when Bob earlier is like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. That's how I feel every single time I watch this episode. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Just, just put it away. Put all of it away, honey. Mm-mm. Yeah. it's just weird (laughs) what did you think of their fight in the street uh (laughs) it was kind of funny that neither of them won i like that neither of them won you know they end up i wonder how much time passed (laughs) five minutes they both got tired out after five minutes i kind of like that it happened because it just gave the episode like a climax right it was like okay you have a rivalry, you hate each other, we're going to make it physical. Yeah, it's Rocky Five Street Fight. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Rocky Five, so I can't comment <laughs> on that. But yeah, I like it. I think it's sweet in a way that it wasn't like this all-out brawl where they're just like punching each other. It was mm-hmm. sort of like a two brothers fighting, you know? It was like, we don't actually intend to severely harm each other, but I don't like you and I want you to know. Right. So... And plus, I'm going to shove you, basically. <laughs> and plus, who wants to hit a man dressed in a burger costume that's way too small for him? Mm-hmm. With a couple buns hanging out of the back. <laughs> yep, you know? a little tight in the pickles. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm playing the drums. <laughs> oh, Louise. 
All right. So overall, are you a fan of this episode? What do yeah, you think? I like it. It's yeah. uh, not in my top ten, but I I still like it. I think it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. It has some great moments. Throw my ashes in Tom Selleck's face is That's fantastic. pretty great, right? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I definitely like this episode. It's um it's kinda like probably one of the better season one episodes, in my opinion. But my favorite Mr. Fishoder moment. Is at the very end. Absolute favorite when he keeps having to tell Jimmy Pesto to be quiet. Oh my god. Quiet! <laughs> He's like, Jimmy! I'm Jimmy! <laughs> I am Kevin. Kevin Klein is so good as Mr. Fish Odor. Yeah, Kevin Klein is just fantastic in this episode. In any Mr. Fish Odor episode. Oh, absolutely. He's just great. Yeah, Kevin Klein's fantastic. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's definitely one of the best season one episodes, um, but as we get into the series, it just kind of falls down the list a little bit for me. Yeah. 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 We just, we have so much good stuff coming up that it just doesn't compare. All right. So speaking of not comparing, Jason. Let's compare, let's compare burgers. our burgers. <laughs> All right. So I have two burgers of the week. And, and I have two burgers of the week as well. And you have two. All right. So, I'll go first. Sure. My first burger is This Means Boar Burger. Like, This Means War. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, you're giving me, like, real stank face right now. Are you going to put a boar on this burger? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's going to be some gamey food. Yeah, but I don't know. It could be, like, a thing. They like it on Lost. Anyway, it will be a wild boar patty uh, with bacon cranberry jam. Red onions, spinach, and mozzarella. Gross. Okay, have you tried boar? <laughs> I in your have life? not. How do you know you don't like it? It's like a pig, Isn't right? It ex- like endangered? I don't know. I actually have no idea. <laughs> I have but no that's idea not either. the point. That's probably not. <laughs> Where would he get boar? I don't know. But Bob is fancy. Okay, this means boar. Gotcha. Yeah, Bob is fancy. He could make it happen if he wanted to. Okay. Just saying. Okay. All right. What's yours? Uh, the rent is way past due burger, and it comes with a creamy whey cheese sauce. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. W H E Y. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A whey cream sauce, huh? Mm-hmm. So like a hollandaise kind of Something vibe? Something like that, yeah. Okay. My second burger is the better than the resto burger, and it would be Jimmy Pesto's burger. So, so it would terrible. be a, well, a very well done burger patty with a craft <laughs> single slice. Oh, nice. Wilted iceberg lettuce and mayo on a day old bun. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Better than the resto burger because Jimmy Pesto thinks he's the best. Oh, my God. That's gross. <laughs> gross, but great. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and uh, what's yours? My last one is business rivalry. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's ground up ribeye steak, and barbecue sauce, and a little onion ring. Sounds good. Add a little cheese on that. Yeah, old cheddar. Perfect. Old cheddar. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Business rivalry. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, so what are we going to do? Are we battling this one out? Are we going to go all like Jimmy Pesto Bob? 
I don't know. What burger do you want to put up there? Can I shove you enough that you'll let me put my burger? <laughs> I think you've had enough burgers in, your, in the Ooh, past few okay, weeks. Okay, okay, all right. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we doing a little well, bit Well, of... what burger would you say that you want to win? Better than the resto. Really? Because I thought that was creative on my part. Mm. And also, you really seem to dislike the idea of boar. <laughs> so yep. I'm going to say that Definitely one. Definitely not That one I'll boar. put up to challenge mm-hmm, okay. yeah or for the challenge what about you which one's your favorite i like both of mine well you have to pick one and then we'll do rock paper scissors okay then i pick business revivalry okay we're rock paper scissoring this out let's right. go oh you're worried aren't you have i gotten into your head jason about what uh, I'm just winning? thinking about how I'm going to uh, type out my burger name on the the little album artwork. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how we're going to be. All right. Just contemplating the, yeah, the mechanics yeah. of it all. Mm, the design layout. We've cocky already. Okay. All right. Let's go. Uh-huh. One, two, three. And by default, <laughs> she wins. The better burger loses again. <laughs> by default. Yep. Oh, I was thinking to myself, okay, so what I had, I had scissors and he had paper. And I was thinking to myself as I was like smacking on my hand, actually think of something this week, Vivian. Pick something. Don't just, <laughs> don't just put down your fist and pretend you picked don't rock. just whimsy it like last time. So <laughs> I guess our burger of the week is the better than the resto burger, which would be Jimmy Pesto's absolutely awful burger. Yep. That brings us to the end of Burger of the Week, a Multiverse Radio production. Thanks so much for listening, and if you like our show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Like, you could be my best friend. Best friends ever! Or you could come to my birthday party. If you you have any comments or a punny burger name you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter at Multiverse Radio or Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. Jason, are you trying to tell our listeners that you want to have, like, a moment where you look across the room and see them and then you come over and they dance with you and then you share their your first kiss with our audience? No. We could share our first bite of a burger, maybe. We could split a burger. Not this burger. No. <laughs> we would be having a different burger. We'd be having the rent is way past due burger. Oh, okay. You can also visit our website, multiverseradio.ca. And we'll see you next week for a review of episode 11. Weekend at Mort's. Weekend at Mort's. We're gonna have a weekend at Mort's. Uh, uh, uh. Weekend at Mort's. We should call this episode <laughs> Vivian Sings. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to listen to that. Okay, bye. Bye. Off to a great start. Yeah, a real friggin' great start. Okay. This episode was written... Oh my god, why can't I say words? Okay. Yeah. Just... She's a wacky, wavy, inflatable, tube flailing, (laughs) wacky, wavy, inflatable, arms flailing tube man. (laughs) Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. In any Jimmy, or in any Mr. Fesha, in any.